everyone and welcome to the fifth episode of the Sport Overload podcast. I hope you've all enjoyed the first four episodes. And if you're new, welcome aboard. Um, today I have the man that I started this whole journey with. Um, I started this whole thing with Instagram lives over on the Sport Overload Instagram. So if you would like to go over and give that a follow. Um, so I'd like to introduce him. His name is Killian Dunn, and I'll let him introduce himself further. Uh, thanks, Mark. Uh, so for everyone who doesn't know, my name is Killian Dunn. I'm a para-athlete and, um, on the Irish squad. Um, I'm also a final year college student in studying a bachelor's degree in applied strength and conditioning coaching. Um, but yeah, so back. Uh, sport be a big part of my life. Um, I'm a four-time Irish record holder. I have the Irish records currently for T54, 100, 200, 400, and 800 meters. And I also have three world medals from 2016 from the International Wheelchair and MPT uh, World Championships in Prague. And how's life been since we were talking last? Been good, man. Um, just like have ups and downs we'll stay with college like I have a lot of assignments due in the next couple of weeks and um, just kind of getting stressed now with them just stress has finally started kicking it wouldn't usually kick with me I'm usually fairly chill like but uh, last couple of weeks now it's kind of been tough um, but not long to go I'm finished on May 7th so hopefully get these next few assignments in get the thesis done and submitted and then get my results as the year goes on and hopefully come out of it with a bachelor's degree, <laughs> an honours degree, should I say, in um, applied strength and conditioning, so hopefully. Um, it's great to have you back on, Like, As I said, I started this with you, I'd say about, Jesus, um, about four, no, yeah, the end of February. Yeah. And I did five, five interviews and now I'm here interviewing you again. Oh, it's been mental, man. I've been following you all along and the guests you've had on is just amazing, man. You're doing really, really well. Uh, honestly, to be back on again, though. Like, it means a lot to get back on and do the podcast with you. Um, I've actually been quite lucky. Like. Um, everyone's just been so nice, like. Um, yeah. I, I didn't expect to get some of the people I have that I've had on, like. Uh, you're setting a good um, standard for future guests as well. So the pressure's on me now to live up to the guests you've had. Yeah. I, I don't think there'll be any fear in that. <laughs> Ash, we'll try it. Yeah. Um, so would you like to like, give a background into your sport and how you learned it and stuff like that? Yeah. So when I was five, my dad brought me to an open day, a Paris sport open day in Dublin. And had a, a range of different para sports, and um, his background himself would have been running. So athletics would be big in my family anyway. So naturally enough, the athletics was kind of where I wanted to be from the get go anyway. Before I tried anything else, so I started off as a seated javelin shot put and discus thrower, and did that for a good few years. Competed for Ireland twice, and um, my first world championships was in Dubai in twenty. 20- Jesus, 11. Um, I was the youngest competitor on the scene. I did fairly well 
considering like I didn't medal it naturally enough being my first games, but um yeah, went on to compete for Ireland the second time then, uh, along with other smaller competitions as well. And then twenty twelve I had major bowel surgery uh to do with my disability. Um which I should have mentioned at the start that they only thought of now. Sorry about that. I was born with a condition called spina bifida, which basically means that um, I was born with a split spine. So everything below my waist is just paralyzed. Um, now in saying that I have some movement and whatever, I'm, I was always a weird one like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so then in 2012, I had the operation on my stomach to do with my spina bifida. And then after the operation, I lost a lot of weight, and so I didn't have the momentum behind me with the weight to throw anymore. So instead of giving up sport, I said, no, I'm going to try a different sport. So that sport was wheelchair racing. And I haven't looked back since um, 2016 was the first kind of big milestone in my racing career. That was when I won my uh, three world medals. I got a bronze in the 100 and a silver in the 200 and 400. Um, that was easily one of the best times of my life. Um, coming home after that, we got a text from my uncle say, "Oh, are you coming down to the local now for a few uh, pints to celebrate, like, and to come back to the village then to see like my entire parish was just insane. There was signs everywhere. There was like crowds, like you couldn't see the road with the crowd that was there. Like it was amazing. Um, a lot of crime was definitely done that week. Um, <laughs> and then." Not much happened. I kind of continued training on for a couple of years in 2019 and was next kind of big uh, event where I broke four of the Irish records for the T54 category. Um, I broke three of them in Stoke Mandeville in England and I broke one of them in Belfast in Mary Peters track. Um, so yeah, I'm the, I, at the time, I think, no, don't, I can't really quote because I've forgotten because it's been so long. But uh, I, I think it was in around, I was the first Irish record holder in the T54 category in around 13 years. Um, so comments of this will be, I can correct it once I find out, I can look up, but in around 13 years. Uh, so that was amazing. And um, in three of the four records, um, they were previously owned by my coach at the time, David Griffith, uh, who you know as well. So it was nice to be able to kind of get that hand down from, David uh, and for me to have them then so um, yeah so I haven't looked back since and I'm uh, at the moment I'm training uh, for a race that's supposed to go ahead in around six weeks in Belfast again it's a 1500 meters so um, I'm gonna go for it and see if I can get the 1500 Irish record now and have the full set um, that's the main goal now because there's to my knowledge there's never been a racer to have the full set so I want the full set. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it must be, I don't know, it must like feel, not weird, but like, it must be like, I don't know, I was put it like, happy with yourself or, I don't know, like to have those records. It's gonna sound really weird, but it doesn't hit me that I have them. Like I know that it's kind of, it's on my Instagram and it's on, like certain documents whatever but like it's only when someone comes up to me and will say tesco's when i'm on in getting stuff they're like oh my god you're clean done I'm like oh yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i'm kind of i'm very shy when it comes to that like i don't like it's not that i don't like saying that i have them but it's just i can let other people bring them up because to me it's just yeah great i have them but what else can i do now to improve again so i'm constantly kind of building on what i can do 
and what I can achieve. Um, but yeah, like it, it's an un unbelievable thing to have and to say that I have. Um, but yeah, I kind of I kind of like to keep bragging at bay, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, no, it's brilliant to have them anyway. So yeah. And you seem well. You you are as as I know a person that never let his disability get in his way. Like. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've always been kind of that way uh, mentally. Uh, like I went to mainstream school the whole way along, so I was the only person in a chair in like basically all my education. Like so, um, I've grown up exactly how my friends grew up. Like I didn't really see myself as having um, a disability. Like I, I. Obviously, I know I had the piece of metal under my bum to get around the place, but that's all I saw myself as. Um, like, I'd be the type now. I remember doing a couple of years back, we did a wheelchair skills thing with Spine Bifida branch in Limerick. And one of the things at the end of the lessons, we'll call them, was how to get to come down a flight of stairs. And me being me was the only one to volunteer to try it. So, of course, I tried it. Like, why wouldn't I? I'm a nut job that way too. Like I'm very kind of adrenaline rush oriented. So of course I tried it and I loved it. Like, so it's great to be able to say now, oh yeah, I can get down and fly stairs, but eat it. And people are kind of like, huh? But yeah, it's, it's great. Like I've always kind of been a nut job that way. Yeah. Um, I would do that myself to be honest, just for the crack. <laughs> yeah. What else can happen? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you could just fall out of your chair and, Paralyze yourself fully or what? <laughs> sure, we'll deal with that when it comes. Sure. <laughs> um, like, um, I'm sure you've like had some people like, um, whenever like you pop a wheelie or something like that, they're like, oh wow, like you do. You get like, or even to go even a step further than that, like you'd have. Now this is so seldom happened, but like you'd still have those people that come up to you in the car park, you're getting your chair out of the car and you're like, you're driving? And I'm like, yeah. Why and wouldn't like, And it just, it's not, like, it's pure lack of knowledge rather than ignorance. Like, it's just that they have never heard or seen of a person in a chair drive and they're kind of like, how is this possible? Am I living in the future now or something? But uh, no, it's, it's great. Like, And then you get to other times where you're getting the chair out of the car and assemble it whatever and you hop out and you lock your car you're queer away and you kind of look side eye back behind you and there's people behind you go like oh my god ah. but um and the pure look of shock on their faces that you just did that like it's just it's it's great i get a good laugh out of it and then you have the little kids like coming up to you um saying oh what happened to him he broke his leg or something like that i don't get it as much i used to have a thing where if a kid came up to me and was like oh why are you in that and i was like because yeah. i didn't eat my vegetables funny things like that like um just kind of i don't know throw that healthy eating living into kids but i know like uh, like i did a good few uh, school talks and stuff and uh, i always loved like when i do like primary school level and because they have no filter at all like they will ask you do you go to the toilet on your wheelchair like it's just it's amazing but um no I love like when people ask me questions because it's 
better to educate people than to leave them wondering, oh, I can't ask him this because it's not PC or I can't, like that kind of thing. I love when people come up to me and be like, just straight out with it, like, why are you in a chair or uh, what happened? I don't mind that. Like, I love educating people at it because um, the only way we can really get proper inclusive inclusivity in society is when people get educated on our disabilities and our openness to talk about it. And with that, um, I have experienced, not bad, but I've experienced it myself, like, um, there, there's a certain court hours uh, that um, like to make fun of you. Have, has that ever been an issue for you? Big time, yeah. Um, I have gone through bullying in school. Um, at one point, bad. But it's all just how we handle it. And like, even now, like, I read a lot of books on mindset. Like, Ant Middleton would be one of my top authors that I read. Like, uh, I've even read Tyson Fury's books and stuff like that. Um, they do a lot on mindset and how you deal with situations. And um, it's just when I was younger, yeah, obviously I was clueless, so I fought back. But it's what I've learned now is that you just let it happen. And if you just don't react, they don't have anything to continue with and it fizzles away. Um, you're all like, we don't live in a perfect world. There is always going to be people who don't like you, but it's how you deal with the situation that'll get you through it rather than retaliating and just making the situation so much worse. Um, I think people with disabilities do get it worse in some cases, um, but like it's just part of life, something we have to deal with all the time and something we have to just mentally strengthen ourselves for. Yeah, um, um just um going away from uh like disability, inclusivity and all that stuff. Um what would be your like goals? Like you know the way I'm your pioneer and stuff like that. What would be your goals now? This summer and after like going into September? Um, well, at the moment, I'm contemplating applying for a master's in UL because I'm a sucker for punishment that way. Um, but long term, my goal is to open Ireland's first fully adapted gym for all disabilities um, that will cater for anyone. So, yes, an able bodied person can come in and train away, but when they're finished, and a disabled person, like a wheelchair user would say, can wheel in and be like, can you train me? I'm like, yes, of course I can, because I'm fully equipped to cater for you. So I want to have a fully inclusive gym um, and work from there is my main goal for my degree, or the use of my degree, should I say. Um, yeah, I want to kind of focus on racing as well, though. So... Um, if I do my master's, I'll do my master's, get it done, and then focus on it. Uh, I want to see how far I can take myself. Like I do have plans to attempt to qualify for the Paralympics in 2024. Sorry, God. <laughs> uh, in 2024. And if I don't make it, I'll go again for the 2028 Paralympics in LA. Um, but, yeah, I just want to see how far I can take my race and then see if I can make it to the elite panel and make it to a Paralympics. Um so as for immediate goals after I'm finished college, it would be more so 
taking racing series full time and see where I go. And then when I retire from racing, set up my adaptive gym and go from there and bring up the next generations of para athletes. Um, yeah. Um, I'd say that Olympics in LA would be class. Mm. They're in Paris in 2024, which is lovely. Like, I've been to Paris, it's a nice city. Like, so, um, like, it's the end of the day at Paralympics, it's a Paralympics. So, I wouldn't mind where it was. I wouldn't care if it was in my back garden as long as I got to one. Like, um, that's just one of my main goals for my entire life was make Paralympics. And uh, once I make one, then the next goal will be medal at one. So, we'll see how I go. I'd say this year will be a bit strange, like, with all fans and stuff like that. It'll be interesting to see how they do it, yeah. Um, there were so many rumours going around that would it go ahead, would it not go ahead, would it go ahead with limited countries, would it not? Like, But it'd be interesting to see how they handle it now and how different it will be in terms of what we know the Paralympics to be in previous years. Um, but for, like, for sure, it's definitely going to be something that we haven't seen before and the way they do things, like it'll be a lot sharper and... Like I, I, if restrictions remain, which they probably will, um, be less. I presume to be less interviews unless they do like the extension for the mics and stuff. But um, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah, and like um, I heard. I think I was about two weeks ago. As far as I know, I think it was Korea or someone like that. Has pulled out completely for Olympics and Olympics. That's the next issue is who are actually going to compete. Um, but I, I like that is the problem in the sense that if too many co- countries pull out, there might be worth hosting the Paralympics or the Olympics. Um, but we'll just have to sit it out and see. Uh, and hopefully, not like hopefully, no other countries will pull out and that will have. A, a decent Paralympics that we can look forward to watching. Yeah, um, I thought it was a great spectacle. Like, absolutely, yeah. Like, um, I think twenty twelve was like the pinnacle of um, bringing the Paralympics up to what it is today. Like, there was so many things happened in twenty twelve that really kind of gave everybody people a, a look at how we train, how we. Or the levels we can get to more so, um, like David Weir, for example, T fifty four wheelchair racer from England, like he, like won left, right, and centre in everything he did in twenty twelve, and like he's the most known name, one of the most known names in Paralympic sport, um, and one of the men I look up to, and there's many, many more, but for as for twenty twelve performances, he's definitely one of the men I look up to. Yeah, you just have to give him. An idea for two more questions there. Um, <laughs> what would you like to explain, like how the categories are made up and stuff like that? Okay, so in Paralympics, they're split into categories based on ability. So because I know the most about it, I'm going to just explain the T50s. Um, like, okay, so I'll mention that there's T20s. T30s, T40s, and T50s. So a range. So I would say 40. I don't know the exact numbers for the other categories, but we'll say for 50s, there's T51 to T54. Um, and there's also T60s now as well because revised classifications. Um, but yeah, so I'm a T54, which is the wheelchair using category. And 
we have, as T54s, we have the least um, impairment, we'll say. So we are in a wheelchair, but like we have full upper body function. So then as you go down the numbers, so T53 have um, higher impairment uh, of paralysis and then T52, T51. So like we'll say a T54 can be in the racing chair and come down and come straight back up. Whereas uh, athlete of lower classification wouldn't be able to do that due to the paralyzed trunk function. So the reason they do it is to make it fair. So I, in the Paralympics, I'd only be racing uh, T54s unless there is cases where an athlete falls under T53 and T54. So Brent Lakatos from Canada is one of those athletes where he's kind of borderline T54 as well as T53. So, um, but in most cases, you'll you'll be racing in your own category, uh, which is the best way to do it. But in saying that, um, at junior level, so at like we'll say the world championships that I competed at, if there's a not, not enough racers of a category, so we'll say, for argument's sake, if there's not enough T53s, they'll put the T53 in with the 54s. And so a point system is put in place then, um, usually something called the RASA point system. And it's based off how close the athletes get to their category's world record. So for argument's sake, if the T54 three is in a race with T54s and they come like in place of not medal position, but if they're closer to their world record than we were as T54s, they get more points and so are booted up closer to the podium, if not on the podium. So I've had it before where I came fourth in a race, but the T53 or T34 in some cases um, was closer to their world record. So they bumped me down to fourth and they'd take the third place spot, we'll say. Um, if, yeah, I think, sorry, I'm kind of going back over myself now trying to think if that made sense. But yeah, um, so basically they'd kind of overtake us because they were closer to their world record. And that's how they did make it fair in a mixed classification race. Um, yeah, um, that was a lot to take in. Um, <laughs> yeah, we kind of half rented there, sorry. No, it's grand. Um, I actually didn't fully, underst fully understand um, that stuff before you said it. So I was kind of more myself than other people. <laughs> um, just going back to like role models. Um, I know you said there's a lot of them, but God, just name a few for people at home. Uh, uh, here we go. Here's where I leave out names and get it. <laughs> um, so, okay, so David Weir, so in terms of T54 racers now at the moment, we'll just start with them. Uh, David Weir, Richard Cesaro, Leo Peccatati, uh Oh my God, man. Why did you do this to me? <laughs> um, I'll skip on. I'll go. So in general, I have um, Tyson Fury, Ant Middleton. Um, then in terms of uh, just general wheelchair users who I found on Instagram, who I follow now that I'm really looking up to would be Aaron Fotheringham, Woody Belfort, Blake Simpson. Um, there's so many, man. Oh, my God. And I'm definitely going to get messages later on and be like, why didn't you mention me? Um, yeah, you, can just, you can just send them all to me. I'll deal with them no bother. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know there's a lot, but they're kind of the bulk of the main people I kind of watch on a daily basis. 
and you know the father what's his name the father just, that was all the it's like being like, muttering yeah yeah he's absolutely crazy he's insane but he's like he has fun with it as well actually um but he has the kind of milder form so he can take a couple of steps if i'm not mistaken um but like yeah he's the first uh wheelchair user to do a backflip uh, ever um i've watched that video so many times it's not funny and every time i watch it i still kind of cringe as like oh my god he's gonna die but you can just see as he comes down the ramp there's just nothing in his head only like let's do this like it's such like it's proper proper focus and it's proper like i really look up to that because he can bring himself to go down such a steep ramp to do a backflip and it kind of gives me the motivation to kind of get into that headspace for a race and get as focused as i can get to give the best performance i can give so um that's kind of how I relate his sport with mine. Um, but yeah. And what you ever think of taking that yourself? I've always wanted to try it. Um, I <laughs> I did try it. <laughs> um, messing with friends. Sorry, Mammy. Um, I just went down a small ramp. But, um, Shut up, she doesn't listen then. <laughs> oh, I'm screwed now because she does she listens to it every time but um, yeah so I've tried it but it, it's it's so scary like I went down the smallest ramp in skate park in Turles and man like what must go through his head to go down to like 30 40 foot ramps must be insane like because I went down like literally it wasn't up to my shoulder high like and I was like holding onto my front bars like oh my god what the hell um, but yeah no it's it's definitely not a sport for the faint-hearted like it's it's savage to watch and i hope that one day they can bring it into even the paralympics as um as another sport like so um big up to aaron and the wcmx riders that do mad respect um yeah um if, if there's it i think i mean you should try an man. <laughs> oh man we would in fairness like we have that kind of mentality of oh fuck it let's just do something yeah. and then suffer consequences after like um a good example actually that i think we brought up in the video we did the last time that i can bring up here to actually show people how crazy i am yeah. was the time that uh, i was babysitting my cousins on the bouncy castle i think i was telling you that oh yeah uh, don't want to move your leg yeah 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 so this was a couple of weeks before a world championships i think it was 2015 no 14 sorry and uh no, sorry, it wasn't. I was still throwing, so it was 2012. Um, but anyway, I was babysitting my cousins, and it was the younger one's birthday. And he had a bouncing castle. So Killian being Killian decided to join him on the bouncing castle. So I climbed up onto it and climbed on top of the slide and was just sitting on the top of the slide like you would, like, side on, with like either side of the slide, let's say. And uh, I was watching the boys, and they were just jumping from the top of the slide onto the sausage poles that you'd see on every balancing castle, really, the, the squidgy things. And uh, I was watching for a good few minutes, and I was like, oh, sure, this looks like great crack. I'll have a go with this. Like. So me being the absolute idiot that I am, lined myself up and threw myself off with no direction. And I missed the sausage poles, as, I, as I'll call them, for lack of whatever they're called and hit the grass and my leg went behind my head and bent and I heard the crack but I kind of I didn't really pay much attention to the crack because my knees crack on a good day 
So I was like, oh yeah, it's just my knee. And uh, <laughs> it turns, and I can send you this to put up with the podcast if you want, man. I can send you the x-rays, but uh, uh, they said it was one of the worst breaks of the femur they'd ever seen in their career. And he sat there and said, the surgeon, I'm sorry, and he said to me, because I didn't wait there, that they could set it in the cast, but that there was no guarantee that I wouldn't feel it. So he was like, if you want, we can knock you out and do it, or we can just do it. So me being the mad man that I was, that I jumped off the bounce cast and broke my leg, was like, take it, let's just, just do this. And he's like, you sure? I was like, yeah, grand. So a team of doctors and nurses came in, and <laughs> it was just in case that I had felt it mental. But uh, yeah, so he grabbed my leg and held it. And he's like, you ready? And as I said, yes, he pulled and set it back into place. And uh, he was laughing because I was laughing. And he was like, why are you laughing? I was like, are we ready yet? Are we, are we doing this? He's like, it's done. And he was like, if you could feel that, you would have passed out. <laughs> and uh, as you'll see from the x-rays, hopefully if we can get to put, get to put them up on the page, but um, it was a shocking break. <laughs> um, yeah, but... <sighs> and then the worst of it all was I was casted and I ended up going to that world championships that year in the cast and uh, I was still a thrower, so it didn't really matter because my leg was uh, casted in a 90 degree um, shape like was it um, so I could still hop onto my throwing frame as we have and so with seated throwers you sit on a metal basically for lack of a better explanation you sit in a metal bar still shaped seat specifically designed for you and you'd have a bar coming up on your left side or your right side if you're left-handed and you'd use that for momentum to throw your implement so at the time it didn't really matter that I broke my leg because it was it casted in the 90 position so I could still sit in the seat and still compete so I ended up doing that and that was the year that I lost out the bronze medal uh, due to the point system as well so yeah <laughs> uh, but that's a good example of how Killian can be a bit of an idiot and be a bit um, of a nut job and say, yeah, I'll do something, even though he knows the consequences and still does it anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was a great story. Um, never fails to make me laugh. <laughs> uh, I don't mean to be rude now. No, no. To be fair, I was laughing myself when he said it back anyway. So he was just like, he was shocked at the fact that I was sitting there laughing and he was resetting one of the worst femur breaks he's ever seen. So um, I'm just not well. <laughs> I think we've established I'm just not well. <laughs> um, I don't, I, uh, the corridors of racing as I know, including myself, I don't think most of them are well, to be honest. No, I think it comes as part of the package of being a wheelchair user is you just you're not well in the head like <laughs> you just have this kind of lust for adrenaline and, and madness and uh, I think that's just all part of the fun um, but that's kind of good as well in one sense like oh absolutely because you live your life to the fullest that way um, I just think being independent as a wheelchair user as well just is the best thing you could ever do because like it just makes you so free and it makes you feel like you don't have anything holding your back because your mindset just turns you away from the fact that you have a piece of metal under your bum. Um, because to me, that's all I have. I have, yes, I have other medical conditions, but they don't bug me. Like, um, what people see is my wheelchair, so they just think I'm in a wheelchair. Um, but they don't see like the other issues that we have. But uh, I don't really let them bother me anyway because, like, 
I'm here to live my one life that I get. So I'm going to live it as crazily as possible. I'm <laughs> um, just going back. You uh, said you'd send me the picture. Um, well, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't think. Look how you want. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you, you've been on long enough. Um, I know, I've enjoyed it, man. Um, yeah. Thanks me for having me back. Like, uh, another thing actually I forgot to mention was um, myself and my friend Oshin run a page uh, called Awareness Overload. Yeah, I actually forgot to say that as a start. I should have said that. No, you're grand, man. I only saw it there now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we run a page called Awareness Overload where we kind of spread awareness about disability. Uh, I'm more of the kind of independence and sports side of things. He's more of the political side of things and uh, that kind of area. So if anyone wants to check it out, it's Awareness Overload on Instagram and Facebook. And then my own personal Instagram and Facebook is, so my Instagram is Killian underscore done underscore T54. And my person, or sorry, my sports Facebook page is Killian Dunn T54 wheelchair racer. So, and don't forget to mention, and don't forget to mention your, uh, your other page or Oh, and sorry, my fitness page, my business page is Duns underscore fast underscore lane underscore fitness underscore. Yeah, um, you'll know uh, from racing wheelchair in the main picture of it, the profile picture of it. Yeah, um, I think we're finished up there. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed it. Fancy a crack. Um, Definitely great feedback. Loved it. Yeah. Thanks a million for having me. No problem. Um, it was good to catch up. Like. Uh, Absolutely. All good on my end. I really enjoyed it. And uh, look forward to seeing the next set of guests that you have on. So it's definitely worth giving Aaron a shout. Um, no harm. See what he says. Um, but I'm very excited to see who else you get on. So thanks a million for having me, man. I really appreciate it. No bother. Um, hopefully your future in the fitness or the sport to listen back to our stories. I look forward to it, man. Thank you so much. No problem. Look after yourself, yeah? Uh, good luck. See you. Once again, I'd like to thank Killian for coming on. He put time aside for me um, in his busy schedule, and I wish him all the best in his racing career um his upcoming exams and whatever he decides to do after college um so until next week goodbye